KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. COVID 19 vaccines are now available for children six months to five years old. We wanted to break down what you need to know about the vaccines in this young age group, so we caught up with Dr. Neil Goldstein, Associate Professor of Epidemiology at Drexel University. So before we kind of dig in, the idea that basically just about everyone now can get vaccinated for COVID-19 through all the ups and downs, through all the political arguments, that's really an impressive accomplishment scientifically, medically in less than three years, no? It is remarkable. Six months and up to no upper age limit right now, you can have a vaccine. We went from not even knowing what SARS-CoV-2 was in 2019 to now having an array of vaccines and an array of um, uh, age groups here. And it's just one of the remarkable uh, aspects to the to the pandemic was the the biomedical interventions that, that came as a result of it. Do you think that's appreciated enough or because we've just we've been so immersed in COVID for so long that we kind of are just in like a day to day thing and it'll take years for us to as a society truly kind of appreciate what was accomplished? You know, I think the scientific community is quite in awe of this accomplishment. And I suspect as we move uh, years past the pandemic, um, we'll have a greater appreciation for this, especially if the um, especially if the mRNA platform proves to be useful for other diseases, then we'll really, you know, kind of look back upon this as the watershed moment for this type of vaccine. So now let's talk about the recent uh, green lighting of vaccines for six months to five years old. Uh, we're talking Pfizer and Moderna here are both going to be available. Uh, first of all, are we talking about anything different with the vaccines or is this strictly really kind of a dosage situation? Well, I do want to correct one small thing, if you will, Matt. On the uh, Moderna vaccine, it is six months to five years of age. The Pfizer vaccine is six months to four years of age. Okay. But yes, they're 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 the same, essentially the same formulations um, that we see for adolescents and adults. The difference between these two being the dosage that was tested for the youngest age group, and for the Moderna um, vaccine, it's about a quarter or so of the dosage, and for the Pfizer vaccine, it's about a tenth of the of the uh, original dosage. So a much smaller dosage that we're seeing for children. When I say what took so long, once again, we just got done talking about it. What a remarkable. But I know a lot of parents were frustrated. Was it just a matter of getting the dosage right that kind of led this to being the kind of the the last hurdle to cross? Well, there was some mixed messaging for a while, and I think that got parents' hopes up. But the reality of it was it was the way that the clinical trials were conducted Thinking back to the original um, uh, 2020 kind of development of the vaccines, we were targeting adults and especially um, older adults because that's where we were seeing the greatest amount of illness, hospitalizations, and mortality. So these were vaccines originally developed for the adult population. And it wasn't until a little bit later on that that the vaccine manufacturers switched to um, targeting the younger age groups. So just by the natural progression of the vaccine development, um, the youngest children were, um, were uh, targeted last 
for this vaccine. And then with the vaccine trial itself, it took a longer amount of time because of the um, the ability to not only recruit children, but also to follow them over time to have some of the outcomes. Um, it's not like we were several years ago where so many people had not been exposed to it. Where, where we're at right now in the pandemic is in fact, so many people have been exposed to it. And I, and I saw one study recently that suggested about two thirds of children in, in the youngest age group have antibodies to SARS-CoV-2, which suggests that at some point um, in the past few years, they've been, um, they've been exposed to the virus. So yes, it's, it's, a, it's a culmination of several factors here. But in, in, in hindsight, I guess you would say that this all has been quite a rapid and astonishing achievement for all the ages within just a few years. Pfizer and Moderna, are there any differences that parents should consider if they've got a choice or if they're looking at it? Uh, what, you know, kind of break that down for us. Yeah, so this is the first time we're kind of having this dual vaccine and for the same age group, you have a choice. I mean, for adolescents, they were getting Pfizer because previously Moderna uh, wasn't authorized in that age group. But now we have this choice. And that's a question that um, I get quite a bit. In fact, you know, which vaccine should I uh, vaccinate my child with? My response, uh, I'm afraid it's it's not going to be um, particularly satisfying. I'm going to say, well, that's really up to your uh, the conversation with your pediatrician. But there are a few important points that I want to uh, make your listeners aware of because these vaccines aren't exactly the same. The Moderna vaccine is a two-dose series um, spread out by 28 days from the first to the second dose. The Pfizer vaccine series in this youngest age group is three doses. Um, the first, the, the second dose, three weeks following the first dose, and then the third dose being eight weeks or more after the second dose. So that suggests that we would need an additional um, office visit or pharmacy visit for the, for the youngest age group. Um, there's also a difference in the dosage. The, the Moderna um, vaccine is a higher dosage than the Pfizer vaccine. Now that has implications both in terms of uh, vaccine effectiveness or vaccine effect efficacy in the clinical trial, but also in terms of uh, potential for side effects. There were a few more side effects, and they were these are minor side effects, but there were a few more side effects in the clinical trial for the Moderna one as opposed to the to the Pfizer shot. So it is a good conversation point to have um, with your pediatrician. At the end of the day, though, really, um, it may just be a question of what is available and what do I have access to right now that motivates your decision. And I want to be quite clear, regardless of which, which vaccine you choose to, to get for your child, you're still doing the correct thing by getting them vaccinated. You mentioned efficacy. Are we in the ballpark of what we've seen with the older vaccines or is it a little lower or is it still kind of a fluid situation? So there's two ways that the um, the endpoints were measured in the clinical trial. The primary endpoint, which is what they designed this study originally to, to test, is the amount of antibody or the ability to neutralize the virus um, when, it, when it gets into your body. And so what they do for that, because we didn't really know for the, for the youngest children what is an appropriate amount of antibody, they did something called um, an immune bridging study where they compare children to another age group. And what, in fact, what they compared it against was 18 to 25 year olds. So we saw that the amount of antibody, neutralizing antibody generated from the vaccine in the youngest age group, that is the six month to four or five years, was equivalent 
to the amount of antibody generated among 18 to 25 year olds. So that's a good thing because that tells us that the immune system is reacting in a very specific way and it's generating the right type of antibody. The secondary endpoint is one of vaccine efficacy, which essentially says how many diagnosed um, cases of COVID do we see in those who are vaccinated versus those who are not vaccinated. And for the Moderna vaccine, for their the youngest age group of six to 23 months, they had on, a, on about a 50% vaccine efficacy. For their older age group, uh, two to five years, it was slightly less. The Pfizer um, study, they didn't even really want to um, evaluate the vaccine efficacy because they just didn't have enough cases. It was a very unreliable estimate. So in both senses, I wouldn't so much focus on this vaccine efficacy like we've done for other age groups, just because the the, the amount of, there's just like a lack of precision, if you will, in these estimates due to, due to so few cases. So the, neut the neutralizing antibody, which is what they were going within the original study, that's what we're seeing. And that is equivalent to, to the older adolescent young adult group. So in, in summary, it's, it's, we're seeing an, an, uh, an efficacy comparable to the older age groups. We need to take a break. We will continue our conversation with Dr. Neil Goldstein right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. Back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our talk with Dr. Neil Goldstein. I'm curious because some a question I've heard a lot uh, asked is, as we are talking here, it is late June. So for most kids, their school year has just ended and they've just started summer vacation. I've had more than one parent kind of wonder aloud or I see on social media ask, should they get their child vaccinated now? Would it be smarter to ride out the summer and wait to get closer to the upcoming school year to kind of get the most out of the vaccine. Uh, is that a conversation with the pediatrician? Should you just go as soon as available as you comfortable? What, what do you see there? And I'm also seeing a similar question about for children who are on the age cutoff, should the parents wait till the child um, ages up to the next category because maybe the vaccine dosage is a little bit higher? In both these cases, though, what I'm recommending is to be vaccinated now and not wait. And there's a few reasons for this. First of all, we have the availability in the supply right now, and there's no, um, you know, there's no uh, crystal ball into the future, what that may look like in terms of demand. But more importantly, these vaccines take time to develop an immune response. So it's best to vaccinate now and have the body build up the proper immune response, rather than trying to time it for this fall window, because we don't know if and when the next major wave of the pandemic will happen. So if you have the opportunity and the resources to do it now, do it now and get some protection um, as soon as possible. Do you, I think I've asked you this question when we've had other conversations along this road, uh, are we kind of looking at this that not just for young kids, but for just about everyone, will a COVID vaccine shot start to become kind of a yearly other yearly thing is that still to be determined could it depend on age as we kind of see how things play out what do you see here kind of big picture with regards to that yeah i mean that's that is a conversation we touched on previously and it's becoming a little bit clearer now that some kind of booster shot annual shot will be part of uh, essentially like a respiratory infectious disease vaccination that you receive. Most likely it'll be um, 
combined with the flu vaccine. I think those studies are, um, they're either planned or currently underway. I forget where they stand right now, but I do suspect that is kind of the, the uh, paradigm we're moving to here. So it'll just be one of these things that, you know, annually you see the recommendations, get your flu shot. We'll probably also see these annual recommendations to get your SARS-CoV-2 booster as well. And hopefully what we're going to see is the, that these vaccines, the, the, um, the COVID-19 vaccines will become tweaked to the uh, to essentially the type of virus or the variant of virus that is uh, most likely to be circulating, just like what we see with the flu vaccines uh, getting tweaked every year as well to the predominant circulating strains. And I'm curious if you could speak to, I think there is the idea of getting the vaccine to keep your kids safe. And I think obviously that is the first thing. But it would seem to me that Getting the vaccine, there's kind of a a good ripple effect that you could kind of see coming out of getting a COVID vaccine for kids this young. I think that's a really good way to put it because, you know, on the one hand, we could just focus on the disease as the endpoint and say, you know, I get the vaccine to prevent the disease in myself or to prevent it in other people. But there are other aspects or other indirect benefits to this. For example, you know, if getting the vaccine keeps you in school uh, this fall, that's always a good thing. If you were exposed, you wouldn't have to go home and quarantine. Um, getting the vaccine also will re-engage children with their healthcare providers and um, either catch up on other routine immunizations that are required or just otherwise, you know, have that have that check in with your provider. It, it may also kind of uh, allay some fears that parents have about their children mixing with either other children or adults. So, you know, there's indirect benefits such as increasing physical activity um, and decreasing um, just essentially kind of being a couch potato, if you will. You know, so there are a lot of other benefits to the vaccine aside from just the direct health benefits. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.